0: You are listening to Legally Binding, a podcast brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law that is all about providing the business community with useful and practical legal tips and advice for growing and sustaining business ventures. For more information, please feel free to visit our website at www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. We hope you enjoy. So what we're going to discuss today is how do you properly dissolve a business? And this is important for a few reasons. One, because uh, properly dissolving a business could not only keep you as the entrepreneur um, out of hot water, but if you are a parent that is funding the uh, the startup of your of your kid, or if you are a parent who has signed off on institutional financing on behalf of your of your kid, um, it could keep you out of trouble as well, out of hot water. So. Um, when you are operating a business and the business is either going out of business um, due to the fact that it's not generating profits or because someone has came in and purchased all of the assets of the business and so the business is no longer operational, um, you must dissolve. Now, you can dissolve in one of two ways. There's involuntary dissolution, and that is either through a court order uh, or that is through your failure to uh, to pay your annual taxes. So every year as a business, you have to file an annual report that includes the state's franchise taxes. It um, is a document that you file in order to update the state on what your business is doing. If you do not file that annual report and you do not pay that franchise tax, the the state will dissolve your business. Uh, On the other side, you have voluntary dissolution. and Voluntary dissolution is more involved. So Um, Voluntary dissolution first starts with getting together with everybody who owns the company and drafting a plan of dissolution. So um, that plan of dissolution needs to lay out uh, what assets you have, what liabilities you have, who's going to pay what as it relates to, or sorry, um, what creditors uh, that are uh, holding those liabilities, uh, how are they going to be paid? uh, And what funds or what assets do you have in in order to pay them out? And it also needs to um, needs to articulate what distribution is going to happen above any amounts that creditors need to be paid. So that means, if you owe creditors a hundred thousand and you have um, three hundred thousand in assets, how is the additional two hundred thousand going to be distributed? So you have property and you have you have cash. So you have to figure out how that's going to work. Um, and then, uh, as a part of that plan of dissolution, you have if if you have to liquidate assets, you have to discuss in which way are you going to liquidate those assets? Are you gonna sell them at a, at a very steep discount so that you can um, get, get all of your inventory out of the door? Um, are you going to try to find a, uh, a, a, someone who's willing to purchase all of the furniture, fixtures, and other assets of, of the business in order to, that they can resell them on the market? So you have to look at how do you liquidate those assets? Uh, and then after you come to a final plan of dissolution, you uh, get everybody's consent they sign off on the plan of dissolution and then you file your articles of dissolution with the state.
1: The state and, actually makes you file some paperwork to say your your business is dead. I mean, your yes. business already know. It's gone.
0: So here here's the business di- is
1: shut down. It's
0: over. Right. So here here's the difference. If you don't file the articles and if you allow the state to involuntarily dissolve the business, if you have creditors that, um, that want to file a claim against you or if you have any other outstanding liabilities from the company. So let's say, uh, because everything has a statute of limitations. So let's say that there was someone who had a claim against the business um, and you know the, the claim accrued in, 2000 and we'll say 2017, right? And let's say that you dissolved in August of 2018. What happens if they bring this lawsuit in December of 2018? if you have involuntarily dissolved then the officers directors and shareholders of the company could be held personally liable for any lawsuit that is brought against the company if you have decided to just let your door let your doors close you may you may not only be personally liable for any of the, the loans and the other financial debt of the business um, any payroll that you haven't um that you haven't covered any any outstanding tax liabilities that, that you haven't covered all of that could personally accrue to the business and the tax liability may still accrue to the to the owners anyway but wow but failing to voluntarily dissolve and so um you, you know the, the voluntary dissolution process doesn't end with the filing you you make the filing um and then you have a winding down process and that's when you actually go through okay we're liquidating all of our assets um, you, you need to close your books of the company, so you file your final tax returns, um, your, your 941s, and then you pay, you reach out to the IRS to your, to the, um, your state Department of, um, of revenue and you figure out what your final tax liability is and you pay that off. After that, you go through your creditors and then you start to bid on your creditors, you pay down uh, you pay them down as equally as possible, but you would of course want to pay down the creditors that have the highest uh, that you owe the, the most to first because they have the largest claims. Um, but then, uh, then after you pay down your creditors, what you what you do is um, you you send them with whatever final payment you're able to make to them. You send them a document that says, as of this date, this corporation has dissolved. This is the amount that we're able to pay you. It, um, you know, if take it or leave it. Well, not take it or leave it, but you say um, if you have if you have any any other claims to assert against us, then you have to email them to us within. Uh, you either do 120 days or sit or uh, well so you have to mail that to the to the company to the creditor within 60 days of dissolving and then uh, within 120 days of the uh, date of dissolution uh, they have to send you a letter if they have any claims that they have against you
1: now if they don't does that mean that they can't come after you if you owe something.
0: So what you would put in that letter is, if you do not submit a letter outlining the claims that you have by this date, then your claims are barred. And it's a pretty high bar. So if they have, if the if the creditors have noticed, um, if they have every opportunity to submit that claim within that stated time period and they don't, um, it, it's uh, it's it's statutory that you you are allowed to protect yourself in, the, in winding down the business if you do it the right way. So that, but, but you have a lot of people who don't do it the right way. You have people who will close down a business and um, they'll just lock the doors and they will, they'll, they'll liquidate the bank account. They'll liquidate the business bank account into their own bank account. And they'll just try to walk away. Not really understanding that there are um, claims that could be brought two years after you close the business and it's still a legitimate claim and not only is it a, le- is it a legitimate claim But any separation of liability that you might have had before so a le- being able to exclude your personal assets from that lawsuit That's gone uh, If you uh, if, if you don't uh, Properly alert the, the tax folks you still have penalties that are that are accruing that you're still that you're going to have to pay And that you will be personally liable for that that you will be
1: personally liable for and all of your business partners
0: and everybody is jointly and severally liable so everybody is held equally liable for any of the debts or any any of the debts and other liabilities that are left outstanding if you fail to properly dissolve the business does
1: it also include your
0: board members um so no uh it is it it's typically reserved to um to just the active officers and share and, and the shareholders of the business um board members are typically because they don't have an active hand even though even though the board members are, are the, they're the ones that are supposed to uh vote on the dissolution of the business um if somebody is bringing a lawsuit it uh and you know if there's going to be any personal liability it's typically typically going to go against the officers uh and the shareholders of the company wow
1: all right this is some very very useful information and a lot of us may think even if we're just running a small operation and we shut down and start something new it doesn't mean that it can't come and bite you in the butt how can we get a hold of you jamal to unfortunately come and dissolve our business. 60% of small businesses fail within the first two years, so there's a lot of us out
0: there. Right, right, and, and that, and so one thing that you just said is crucial, right, so if you dissolve one business and if you dissolve one business and you start up another business, then th- that business's assets are in trouble, but let's say that you dissolve one business because there's a lot of debt, but you start up another business doing the exact same thing, it's seen as one company. So no way. we'll talk about that next week. Once again, this has been Legally Binding brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law. For more information, visit our website, www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. And of course, don't forget to follow us on all forms of social media and subscribe to our podcast so that you can receive updates on each newly released episode. Until next time, we wish you continued success in life and in business.